Welcome to the MCG Podcast. Today, Managing Principals Rob McCarville and Steve Shepard explain what's motivating physicians and hospitals to come together to create joint venture ambulatory surgery centers. Hi, everybody. This is Leah, your host, and today I'm here with Rob and Steve. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you, Leah. Thanks for having us, Leah. Today we're going to talk about joint venture ASCs because the number of Medicare certified ASCs now actually outnumbers hospitals. And we know that physicians have been kind of dominating this and owning these ASCs, but uh, hospital interest is on the rise. And as a result, we're also seeing a rise in joint venture ASCs. So before we kind of get into the motivators and why this is kind of happening, it'd be great if we could get some history and how people used to look at joint ventures. Well, actually, ophthalmic ASCs really originated in the early 1980s. At that point in time, they weren't certified by Medicare. They were really built more or less as a convenience for the physician and the patients. By the middle of, of the 1990s, uh, ASCs had become very, very prominent in the delivery of particularly cataract care. Uh, they were just the best technological platform for outpatient surgery that was relatively quick, that required minimal sedation for the patients. And as the technology improved with phacal emulsification and the improvements in intraocular lenses, more and more surgery migrated out of hospital departments and into ambulatory surgery centers. Uh, to the point where now uh, a, a big proportion, probably 80%, um, plus or minus, of all cataract surgery is now done in an ambulatory surgery center environment. And uh, the hospitals didn't mind that much because they were able to uh, to replace cataract surgery, which was relatively low reimbursement procedure with other things, with orthopedics and, and uh, otolaryngology and some of the cardiac procedures and general surgery that, that were more profitable for the hospitals. But now, as the technology in all of those specialties has changed as well, a tremendous percentage of total surgery has moved out of hospitals and into ambulatory surgery centers. And so the hospitals now have taken notice of that, and they've kind of decided it's better to kind of retain half the loaf uh, than lose the whole loaf. And so uh, Rob and I and MCG have, have we've all noticed an increase in not necessarily completed deals, although to some degree that's true, but certainly a lot more interest from hospitals. Uh, It's fairly typical in our practice, even for a single specialty ophthalmic ASC, that when the doctors kind of announce that's what they want to do, the hospitals express an interest in creating a joint venture so they can retain some portion of the revenue stream, and they can also become business partners with some of their busy surgeons. And so that's kind of where we are today. I think Rob would agree he's been quite successful in creating these physician hospital joint ventures that are now some of our largest clients. Yeah, those are all great points, Steve, and and I'll just add on, on touching on some of those things that are motivating the hospitals to to partner with their surgeons on an ASC, as you mentioned, uh, you know, stabilizing that medical staff in their in that community. Obviously, it's it's an opportunity then to 
for, for the hospital to retain that revenue stream that may otherwise get lost to surgeons going out on their own and doing their own independent surgeon only center. But then in addition, some other factors are that uh, it may make sense for that hospital to free up additional OR space within the hospital to do some of these higher complexity, to be honest, higher reimbursed, uh, more profitable types of surgical cases in, in that hospital, such as in, in the cardiology, cardiac surgery side of things, uh, total implants, although we're obviously seeing a lot of migration of, of some total implants are starting to move to the ASC side, other, other specialty spine surgery, those types of uh, higher complexity uh, surgical cases that may have even been done more uh, commonly in the inpatient setting and have now moved to the hospital outpatient side. So freeing up that OR time there. And then also we're seeing, you know, the push on the insurance company side from, you know, they don't care where that surgery is done, whether it's done in a hospital outpatient department or an ASC, they're going to pay at an ASC rate. And so hospitals are, are then forced with the decision to try to make that work with an ASC payment uh, scenario within their hospital outpatient department or develop a new joint venture with their surgeons in, in, in a smaller, more uh, you know, tightly controlled with staffing and uh, supplies and, and uh, equipment in, a, in an ASC that can, can be more efficient, more effective, and more profitable even for the hospital by just because it's, it's been mandated by the insurance companies. So that's kind of why hospitals are getting behind this. So why are physicians when they're already out there kind of dominating it, why are they now deciding to partner up with hospitals? What's motivating them? Uh, I think uh, there, there are several reasons, and some of it is geographic, and some of it is uh, particular markets that physicians are operating in. The geographic obvious constraint are cert certificate of need laws, and still about half the states have laws on the books that require a developer of healthcare facilities, including ambulatory surgery centers, to prove that there is a need in the community for that facility. And the degree to which those, those regulations are stringent varies significantly from state to state. So in some states, there are exceptions that let you build one room or two operating rooms but in many of the states of the 25 or 6 that still have sealing laws on the books, it's extremely difficult and extremely expensive and time-consuming to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees and months to years to get through the process to hopefully successfully obtain CON. Well, in many of those states, the hospitals still have a, a tremendous amount of political influence and they can object to the development of ambulatory surgery centers unless they're a partner in the ASC. And so in, in roughly half the states, we're starting to see uh, hospitals recognizing these procedures are going to move out into an outpatient environment in any event, and we might as well uh, partner up with the physicians for all the reasons Rob just mentioned. In some other situations, there's still pockets in the country, I think California, uh, Southern California in particular, 
is a, and parts of the Intermountain West, where there are dominant insurance companies or dominant healthcare organizations that kind of control the market. And partnering up with one of those organizations gives the Ambulatory Surgery Center access to commercial payer contracts, in some cases higher reimbursement rates than they would be able to obtain on their own. So old cliche is all politics is local. Well, the same is true of physician hospital joint ventures. Absolutely, Steve. And, and I'll just add, you know, another reason or two that, that it's going to make sense for physicians in, in partnering with that hospital is potentially access to joint or cooperative uh, supplies management and, and procurement that could save that ASC money over an arrangement where they may not otherwise have without a partnership with, with the hospital. So that's always a a possibility that that could provide operating savings to the ASC. You know, in addition, there's there's just some you know potentially in, in certain markets that name recognition again with with some of the stronger players, hospital players, in, in various markets being associated with with that hospital partner, having the, them in your in your name in your organization can be a strength to other doctors that could potentially utilize your center from uh, even if they're non-owners, some of those advantages can can help operationally, help financially to the success of that ASC. I actually, I wish we had put that in the article that we had just wrote about that. Like that's a good point. I'm glad we brought it up here because that didn't make it into the article. That's a good point. And kind of, it, I mean, it kind of ties along yeah. with like getting stable funding. It's right. like the, the power behind it. Right. Yeah. And there's one other factor, which hopefully is going to go away in the next few months. But uh, COVID-19 has constrained many things. And a lot of the constraints have eased in terms of supplies, drugs, other pharmaceuticals, and personal protective equipment. A lot of ASCs found themselves very far down on the priority list from the major distributors and in terms of accessing even relatively simple things, gloves, gowns, you know, shoe covers and things that they need to perform surgery. And those supplies were diverted to major hospitals that were kind of the trauma centers taking care of the COVID patients. And so all of a sudden, having a hospital partner looked more appealing than it might have before this happened. And it's not just necessarily the virus. To get down in the weeds even further, it's been really popular for the last several years to have your supply chain be driven by just-in-time inventory management. Well, just-in-time inventory management meant you had a two-week supply on hand, a month's supply on hand uh, of things you needed to actually operate your business. And all of a sudden, COVID pops up, and the supply chains, particularly international supply chains, just went poof, you know, absolutely dark. And I think not just healthcare, but a whole lot of industries across, across the U.S. and really the world in general are now looking at just-in-time inventory management and saying, huh, 
you know, when when you have a, a major disruption of some sort, that probably wasn't a really good idea. And so, uh, you know, access to supplies and the other items you need for to perform surgical cases is kind of flashing on the radar screen all of a sudden. Well, and something we haven't talked about, that's, it is COVID-related too, is kind of like the other side of that. So what about public perception of safety right now? How is that affecting, or do you think that is affecting joint ventures, hospitals wanting to reach out to an ASC or physicians for an ASC? You know, Lee, I think, you know, the public perception is that there's some nervousness across all of healthcare. Mm-hmm. And um, I think w- whether it's a hospital or an ASC, I think there's there's still some some concern there coming into the physician practice setting, all of those. Um, we're, we're not all the way back yet. We're close and some areas are better than, than other areas. And But again, collaborative efforts between physicians and hospitals, certainly this has been an opportunity to do more of that and, and we're seeing more of that between uh, physicians and, and their, their local hospitals and, and collaborating, as, as Steve was mentioning, those the, the supply chain and, and the PPE and all sorts of, of supplies and, and, and really considering any other considerations for, for emergent needs if uh, the hospitals, you know, again, become overrun, so to speak, with, with COVID patients where the ASC may need to be available for surgery that they may not otherwise be doing. And so um, thinking about all those things has been important. Yeah, I don't think it's it's necessarily a huge factor in terms of public perception, but I think it's certainly a factor. You're seeing some coverage in the media about, do you really want to go into a hospital right now? Right. I mean, the COVID patients aren't being treated in ambulatory surgery centers. You know, they're, right. they're day surgeries. They're in and out. They don't ever, I mean, ASCs basically have policies that say we're not going to treat infected patients regardless of what they're infected with. Uh, and so there is a perception among kind of the, the, the more astute patients, the more informed patients, but also the workers and the doctors that the ASC is just a much safer environment to be in right now. That's, that's generally been true with what are known as nosocomial infections, infections inquired acquired in the hospital. That's always been an issue, and hospitals, to their credit, have, you know, go above and beyond to prevent that from happening. But it's it's not fail-safe, and so to the extent that you can, you can be in a much less invasive environment, some people certainly are opting to do that, and I think it's that perception. COVID certainly has had an impact on on that perception in the public, at least at the margin. To kind of wrap it up, I think it would be good to uh, maybe give some advice for those who are thinking about investing in a joint ASE. Like, what's something they should consider prior to that? Well, I'll, I'll just add, Leah, that I think as we've seen several of these over our years, we've had the, the, the pleasure of, of assisting on the management side with uh, several physician hospital joint ventures. We've been in, you know, helped, been at the table when, when both parties are looking to, to, to put one of these deals together. And, and, and sometimes, again, that works. And sometimes 
you come together and you realize that, that it's just probably not going to be a good fit. And so I think it's key that, that everybody, both sides, the physicians and the hospitals, ensure that they get all of their collaborative desires out on the table and, and, and both sides understand what's, what's important for them with this joint venture. Um, because again, that's not, it's not always the same, doesn't have to be the same between both sides, but again, you have to come together and, and both sides have to understand what the, the end game is, what the goal is, obviously uh, providing a great experience for your patients and, and having uh, great outcomes and, and obviously trying to do that profitably is always you know, some of the common goals, but, but also understanding what the hospital may have different plans for the future than, than what uh, a single specialty physician group may have. So making sure everybody has those thoughts and understandings on the table initially is, is very important. Okay. Well, the only thing I would add is that a joint venture is a very intimate, intimate relationship. And for it to work over a long period of time, all the parties that are shareholders in the organization have to be able to contribute value to the organization on a continuing basis for that long period of time. So you need to look very carefully, as Rob suggested, at the structure of the organization, the motivations of the parties, um, to ensure that everybody is aligned, that, that there aren't uh, agendas that just by their nature will produce, produce any conflicts. Stephen Covey was right about 30 years ago when he wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and the only two acceptable alternatives to a business negotiation are win-win or no deal. And so uh, if there's a winner and a loser uh, in the organization of an entity, it will not be stable and it will not endure over time. That's a great close. It is. That is a really good close. That's a good quote. <laughs> but All right, Steve and Rob, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Leah. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Leah. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the MCG podcast. Listen to more medical industry podcasts by visiting medcgroup.com. Then click the podcast icon or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider.